0: Welcome to New Hope Underground bonus content. Today features an interview with national radio host, author, and speaker, Brandt Hansen. This episode is part one of a two-part interview. Join us as we talk about Brandt's radio show, Cure Medical Mission, and his books called Unoffendable and Blessed Are the Misfits. And now here is Darren and Brandt. Okay, we're recording. This is going to be really good. I have sound effects, too, if we need them. Like if I say something incredible,
1: Mm.
0: I guess claps and stuff. But you don't have your headphones on, which is fine, but you won't be able to hear when I applaud for myself. Hope it's all
1: right. (laughs) Just push it whenever you feel like it. Yeah, if I say
0: something really, really cool. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Me. So, yeah.
1: Wow, do we sound awesome We or do, what? we do, bam. We are in a professional studio. Yeah.
0: It's amazing. Radio.
1: And, <laughs> and that's unusual because usually uh, Tyler Yoakum and I are just recording out of my office, but I'm here with my brother, Brandt.
0: This is my office.
1: It's at Brandt's office, and we are in Jupiter, Florida. I wanted to interview Brandt uh, for our podcast because a lot of you have either maybe heard of him through his, his own podcast or his radio show or maybe read some of his books. And so I thought it'd be a great opportunity for us to just kind of sit down and chat while I'm here. And we do that anyway. Yeah. So Might as well record it. Might as well record it. For mom. <laughs> there you go. But New Hope Underground, brand, just so you kind of get an idea, we just have a great time on this podcast, kind of telling behind the scenes what happens at our church and just getting to know people. Things like that, and I'm—I guess my uh, my big prayer for the whole thing is uh, we're hoping people from our church listen that maybe are not that familiar with our church. You know, just kind of starting mm-hmm. to come in and figure out what's going on. Cool, that kind of thing. So I just kind of want to give you—you know—I th- think it's important for our listeners to hear just kind of where I'm coming from before we get started. But first of all, before we kind of get, I want to jump into a couple questions that relate to that, but before i do let's just give a little bit of background i mean you um you are syndicated on christian radio your, your show is on like 200 stations or so mm-hmm. around the nation i mean you've and but people can just like even though we don't have stations around us in effingham there are you can listen to your podcast which is basically your show yeah so. it
0: is it's just another music in it so right
1: Awesome. How do they find that? What you know? Oh, it's tell a, us about the podcast. Like, what are you trying to do with it?
0: Um, we don't totally know. I think it's similar to your mission <laughs> statement, which, as you put it, like we're just trying to have some fun. Um, but like, it's it's been awesome because sometimes a radio market will have you on for a while and then you're gone, right? Or you quit and leave or something. But now listeners can find you anyway. So the podcast. Keeps the radio connection going with people, and we love that because that's that's I guess that's the ultimate point. Is it's always about relationship, and we are honored when anybody listens. So every time I'm speaking, or every time Sherry's speaking, we're thinking about the person listening, and that is the point of the podcast. Like hopefully, it's encouraging to people. It's also very goofy because that's who we are. Uh, but uh, that's that's the point of the podcast. You talk about Jesus a lot. Totally. And weirdly, that's not a Christian radio thing. It, like Christian radio writ large is something we're trying to address in the industry with people and talk to them about. There's a lot, of, a lot of awesome people on the air and a lot of awesome people behind the scenes too. But for whatever reason, they don't they don't feel comfortable talking about Jesus. There are reasons for that, like why they don't. Right. Um, one of them is if you don't do it quite right, a lot of times you get shot down by listeners or somebody's, you know, upset because you didn't totally say it the way they wanted it said but it's still worth saying and he's still worth talking about that's kind of the point of Christian radio so we're trying to help people to do that and just talk about him because we love him we think he's the whole point of everything so why not it's kind of the kind of the point of having a microphone
1: that's awesome do you have any idea I don't know if you have any access to this but do you have any idea about maybe how many people are listening that you feel like counting you
0: yeah often on I would say three to four (laughs) <laughs> you no, know, I don't I actually don't know um exactly uh I, I mean we have it's over a million downloads a year but that's wow, that's man. you know some of those a lot of those are repeat customers so however that fleshes out I think it's something like 30 or 40,000 different people a month will download so that's unique users or something like that. Right. There's great. Obviously there's podcasts that have tons more listeners and a lot of podcasts have tons less but uh we don't really have a plan for marketing or anything we just do our thing and then hopefully people find us
1: now you can find this podcast called Brandt and sherry oddcast the oddcast, yeah. oddcast. brand
0: and sherry oddcast and it's really easy to find the usual podcast places
1: sure and one thing i've, I've well, tell us a little bit about uh sherry who's on the air with you what's she like
0: um she's awesome she's like a sister uh to me and my wife and uh her mom's so great Um, so it's just like family Uh, so she joined me at a a previous network that I was on and she's brilliant and she's a a comedian she's very 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 funny and very very smart she's from Pittsburgh and so she's grown up doing um, like gospel radio and whatnot. she's African American so that's that's nice too because when we talk about our backgrounds and stuff we have a lot in common we've got that difference obviously I'm a white rural Illinois guy Right, um, so it's wonderful to be able to talk about that stuff from a totally different background, and yet you're united in Christ, which trumps everything, so we love that, and then we have a very similar background, something you can relate to, obviously um, with our our parents and with the way we grew up in church and whatnot, so there's a lot of stuff that's just really, really, really funny to us that, like other people are watching, why is this so funny?" and I was like well you, you didn't go through that like we did um. So she's a real blessing and obviously adds a ton to the show. She could do the show by herself and be just fine. Um, But she subjugates her own ego and is a servant. She has a servant's heart. She's a performer, which is really weird because most people, if they're performers or love the spotlight, they have a really hard time serving somebody else and going, no, you, I want to make you shine. Right. Very rare. And so she embodies that. And uh, it's an ongoing internal dialogue that she has, like, I could do this, but it's not about me. So that's really about as the most wonderful thing I think I could say for about somebody, but that's who she is.
1: Well, you guys have a great chemistry. I yeah. Mean, it's just kind of it's natural it is. when it's, you listen to it.
0: It totally is. And again, it's off the air too. Like, you know, we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And a lot of it's just that shared sense of humor. And then the background is about being a believer. We have kind of similar beliefs about the church and and. Uh, America and all that sort of stuff so it's it's just uh, a lot of laughter.
1: <laughs> well, I I am just kind of curious. I'm putting you on the spot here and if, if you don't have an answer right away it's fine but sure. I was kind of curious is like what are some of the funniest things you think have ever happened like in right? I mean cuz you oh, you grief. guys have been doing this for a long time.
0: Well, it's again it may not be funny to everybody else, but one thing she <laughs> one thing sorry. One thing that she laughs about cuz it just embodies it embodies the off air stuff so when we were at the previous network there was dead air Uh and she's in the other room so she can see through the glass and she's like leaning over to see am i in there or not well i'm not and the dead air just keeps going and she starts running (laughs) around to find where i was well what happened was i was (laughs) i was walking through the halls and one of the engineers can really play piano he's just a great jazz pianist and he's super quiet introverted guy but I walked by one of the production studios. It was dark in there. It was a big production studio. And he's just kind of tinkling on the piano. And a couple other engineers just kind of sitting there. And I'm like, hey, can you do some Billy Joel? And so he starts playing the opening refrain to, like, just the way you are. <laughs> and so I'm like, don't go changing. Try to please me. So that's during a, a song's on the air. But then I just stayed. I forgot totally that I was on the air. So Sherry comes running by later. I'm like midway through this song. And, um she just sees the lights dim and it's like lounge in there. The, guy, yeah. the guy's <laughs> the piano. I'm like, I love you just the way you are. He's got like one of those big brandy snifters on the face. It totally like totally that way. It totally like that way. <laughs> and she's like, Wait, yeah. what, what in the world are you doing? We have a date. We're like, Oh my gosh. And I run out. But it was just totally like a nightclub scene. You forgot scene. you're even on totally the air. Totally forgot. That's happened several times. There's one where we were watching the um, YouTube. We were watching the, it's like a bootleg. Um, Roadrunner scene where the, <laughs> the the coyote actually Wily coyote actually captures him. Have you seen this?
1: When he's like really small.
0: No, he, he actually can, catches him.
1: Oh, he actually really does catch yeah, him. Paint, I, I remember they advertised that one time, and I watched it. And he, he oh no, not he's really small and he got a hold of his yeah, leg. Yeah, that, like, oh, that was
0: that was the worst. No, somebody yeah, actually on. artistically went through, and it's the most gratifying thing you can ever see because he paints. You got to see this because you'll you'll die. I need to watch it totally, but. Wiley Coyote comes over and he paints the tunnel on the rock thing where it looks like it's a tunnel. <laughs> and usually when the roadrunner, you know, runs, right he, he it. runs right through it, yeah. it's just mystery. But this time, so he's hiding behind a rock watching, waiting. <laughs> and the roadrunner comes flying out of nowhere and just hits that thing and stuns himself. <laughs> and Wiley Coyote like comes out of the rock and looks both directions, like, did that just really happen? He's like, he's stunned and he's lying on the ground. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, one actually, he actually
0: grabs him, and, and it's it's not graphic, but he but he actually kills him and eats him. <laughs> <laughs> but we were watching this thing. Boy, was, ladies and gentlemen, if so you get funny. nothing out of this podcast interview,
1: that's what you you know you know what to go oh, watch gosh, now. It's you so see. funny, yeah. I think it's so. You guys were watching that one time,
0: yeah, and it was just. And then I realized that we had dead air going for like two or three minutes. This is on <laughs> hundreds of stations across the country, by the way. Just totally dead air. And we're, we're in there just laughing. guys yeah, get any phone calls or anything? Oh, like yeah. Actually, saying? it'd be all the lines going. We're not noticing that either. Yeah. Or, or an engineer will come running in like, what's the matter? Because they got all these yeah. alarms going off. This is like, with, they have 300 employees in the building. It's like a huge. That's hilarious. Yeah. So total, totally unprofessional. But that's the problem. We get started laughing about stuff. It gets distracting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so anyway, that kind of stuff's funny to us because it's it's the slipshod stuff that we think is funny. We do put a lot of effort in everything we say on the air, but there there's sometimes we get started laughing,
1: so yeah, well, what's so cool, kind of the evolution of things is that's when you're you're back in the day when you were on live radio, yeah, and you guys have worked together there now you're working together on your own show, basically, we're sitting here in your house, yeah,
0: I mean, yeah,
1: you're producing your own show from your house so now you're, now you're working with a Cure. Yes. Which you, Could you explain what Cure is to everybody yeah, real quick?
0: Yeah, I love it. It's a Cure, like you may have never thought about this in your entire life because I had never thought about it, honestly, never thought about it. But you know how there are people who are born with disabilities in America, but they're fixable. So yeah. they get fixed, like club foot is a classic example, but there's a lot of different things that happen hmm. where they get fixed lickety split you may not even think about it there's people walking around now who don't even know they had club foot when they were infants for instance well in another country it doesn't get fixed if they're in like a developing country so they wind up being beggars the rest of their lives right and it could have been fixed so as a as a believer knowing that there's tens of millions of kids that have correctable disabilities as a believer in Jesus I'm like well then that be a Jesus people thing where we fix them we heal them and we do it in the name of Jesus? It just seems like an obvious thing. But I had never thought about it. So, Cure has hospitals around the world, and that's what they do it's orthopedic surgeries, pediatric orthopedic surgeries, and neurosurgeries to heal kids with correctable disabilities. And it's all about Jesus. So, they have pastoral staff and whatnot. Well, I started visiting these hospitals, and I was just like, that's the Jesus I want to serve. Like, that's the Jesus I believe in. I get that. Like, some stuff doesn't make a connection to me. That does. They're actually reaching out and touching these little kids and um, telling them, no, you're not cursed. They think they're cursed, and the parents think they're cursed. Yeah. And it's because they did something wrong. Some of wrong. the
1: stories I've seen on your channel, I mean, you have some videos and some stories of families just that are amazing.
0: Oh, that's inc- it's, it's the sweetest thing to be able to tell a family you're not cursed at all. In fact, God loves you. Um, you didn't do something wrong. A lot of times the moms are carrying around this guilt that they did something wrong. That's what they're told. So a lot of times the dads will leave. Like, well, that's the curse isn't on my side of the family. It's from you. And the dads leave. So these hospitals are about proclaiming the kingdom and then healing at the same time, which is what Jesus told us to do. So that's what Cure does. So with our show, I don't actually get paid by the radio stations. I love working for Cure. And then if a radio station wants to air our show, they have to air spots about Cure. I see. And it's, a, it's beautiful. And it helps.
1: It helps raise money for Cure.
0: It totally does. It gets the word out. It also helps me talk about the kingdom in a really practical way that people can go, oh, so that's what we're about. And so your world. main
1: job with Cure then is basically this. I, for lack of a better term, the storyteller. Yeah. Of what's going on with Cure, getting it out there, promoting it, be able to raise support for Cure. I, uh, my wife and I support Cure on a monthly basis. You receive. You receive emails constantly about the kids that are going through surgeries at the time. You can even send messages to the kids that are in yeah. surgeries. Uh, the most recent uh, a kid was a kid that had a club foot uh, issue, and he's, he's in somewhere in Africa. Well, amazed, uh, I can't amazed, remember the nation right now. but
0: A lot of times, again, we think club foot's not that big of a deal. But if you're like 15, 16, it's a series of yeah. procedures. And like, yeah, he was a teenager. Yeah. Like, that's defined them so each month if you become a cure hero you're helping heal a different kid and um so you get to see their stories and whatnot but like a kid like that that's been their definition and it's just exactly like because people are like why did he have this maybe his parents did something wrong maybe he did something wrong it's it's exactly the story from the bible where they had the blind guy and they bring him to jesus like traditional cultures that's the question who's who's responsible for this and they do this with these kids. So for us to go, I, I, actually, you didn't do anything wrong. Your right. mom didn't do anything wrong. Right. This happened so that God could be glorified, which is what Jesus said. He said that about the blind man, and then he healed him. Well, he touched the leper.
1: He forgave the paralyzed man who probably never even heard those words. He was called a
0: sinner all his life. Totally. It's, his, mean, it's like it's your fault. Yeah. So to be able to say, actually, God draws close <clears throat> to the brokenhearted. He loves you. Your child's beautiful. Um. That's what Cure does. It's it's incredibly profound. So check it out. on Was it Cure.org? Cure.org, yeah. it's And you can click on Cure Kids, and you can see the kids currently in the hospital, and it's see their background and stories. That's awesome. It's ridiculously awesome.
1: You know, our, our church, uh, New Hope, we we uh, actually give over 11% of our total budget to missions. Good. That's all cool. over the world, support all sorts of missions. Um, but I, my wife and I, we give to the church, and we also give to Cure. Awesome. So it's kind of a—it's because— uh, Here's a great organization, and obviously having the ties to you, I get to know firsthand kind of what they're doing. It's also allowed you to kind of travel around the world and see firsthand what's going on.
0: I love seeing that, again, because of my own implicit skepticism I have about everything, um, which can be good and bad. But it's nice for me to see. I'm like Thomas. i got to touch it, you know, and um, I want to see and feel like and where's this money going, and what's this for, and what's the end? So having something where I see it, touch it, feel it, ask all the difficult questions, I want to know everything that's going on. I've been to almost all these hospitals now, um, and my wife and I continue to get more. So to me, it's nice to have something where I could go, yeah, this is this exactly what Jesus wants. Exactly, yeah. I can grip it and rip it. Like, just let me let me live this, because I believe in it so strongly.
1: That's fantastic. What um, I also want to talk about your your books. You have we have quite a few people, I think, in our church who have read a couple of the books. Anyway, I know like, our small group actually went through one of the books as cool. a small group study, which was Unoffendable, awesome. was your first book, mm-hmm. and then your second book is Blessed Are the Misfits, and you just finished a third book, which may be out soon. But I want to talk real quickly about. Can you just give us kind of a a gist of what Unoffendable is about, and what bliss Are the Misfits are
0: about. Yeah, a quick gist would be Unoffendable. It's about the myth of righteous anger. Everybody thinks mm-hmm. their anger is righteous. We always think, okay, there's good anger and bad anger, and the good anger is when I ought to be angry and I should be because I and I, you know, supposed. That's Christian, actually, Christian anger.
1: it's Christian anger. anger. It's righteous anger. Yeah.
0: And I totally believe that too, until I couldn't find it in the Bible. There is no righteous anger for humans in the Bible. It's only for God your anger is not righteous. In fact, our anger, we're supposed to put it away now. We're supposed to get rid of it before the sun goes down. And it's not because somebody deserves it. And that's a thing too. People are like, oh, you don't understand. This, this thing happened to me. No, I do. I honestly do. I get it. It's not because that person deserves it. It's because God deserves it. And he told you to do it. We have to let it go. And it turns out it's incredibly healthy to do it. It doesn't mean you have to restore the relationship and act like nothing happened. Um, it's about releasing anger in your heart that's the nature of forgiveness and there's no place in the bible where it says human anger is good nowhere so that's unoffendable and it ruffles some feathers but usually by the second third chapter people are starting to go oh maybe he's right um blessed are the misfits is more personal and it's about being a spiritual misfit if you're somebody who doesn't naturally feel like god's around for instance you might wonder, what's the matter with me? And that's a lot of people. Yeah, Or they see other people having this worship experience, quote-unquote, where the band's going and they're really into it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's all good. But there's a lot of people that don't have that experience and might wonder, okay, where's God in my life? I must have done something yeah. wrong. Why is God so distant? Yeah, why is the distant? Why don't I feel him around here? And so as someone who doesn't generally feel God around at all, um, I'm trying to address those people. And to say, here's what I've learned about that. And it's really good news. Like you're not, you're not an outcast actually. Uh, It doesn't mean you did something wrong. It means you're a human being. And there's a lot of us like that. And there's a reason we feel that way. And it's not bad. And actually spirituality is not emotion at all in the Bible. We just, we think it's what it means to be a spiritual person. I'm, I'm really emotional about God. Well, spirituality in the Bible is actually obedience, right? And, that's and, not and gonna, it's not
1: that emotion is bad. It's just that most of the time totally. we don't always, I mean, a lot of times we don't, just don't have it.
0: Don't have it. And it comes and goes based on whether I had a nap. Yes. Or I yes. ate right or I'm exercising or something else that happened. Maybe I just got back from a vacation. I feel depressed or a mission trip. Like, there's all sorts of things that cause depression, including brain chemistry. But there's all sorts of things that cause it. It's not a reflection of your spirituality. Jesus just like, do the things I say. it will be like a man who builds his house on the rock. It always comes back to like, do the stuff. So that to me is really great news because I can start today and go, okay, how can I be obedient with the people God brings across my path? And it's not about whether I feel it or not. In fact, there's something beautiful about being obedient even when you don't feel it. Yeah. Anybody who's married knows that. Yeah. That's a lot of marriage, but it's, don't tell me it's a lesser kind of love. Like I'm not really spiritual enough to I don't feel this. Well, I don't, that's, in fact, that's a great kind of love because it's showing, I love you so much, I'm going to do things whether I get something out of it or not. I
1: will choose to love you even though I don't feel like loving you.
0: Yeah, I don't get that reward maybe today. And I don't get that emotional reward. But I still, I'm going to do it anyway. I think people are like
1: that with circumstances in life. As our circumstances go up and down, our faith tends to kind of go up and down. Totally. <laughs> and we, I don't know how many times we need to warn against that with each other, like... Circumstances shouldn't be changing the way we view God. Same with
0: emotion, right? And a lot of times, circumstances dictate our emotion. Yes, it's like that's all connected. You're feeling that way because, like, I always know maybe this happened to you or not. Like, whenever I would go on a missions trip, I know when I come back, there's going to be a depression that follows, maybe within a day. Oh yeah, yeah. So does that mean that I blew it, or did something wrong on the trip, or? No, it means I just had a stressful experience. It was great, but it was stressful. And whenever you go through it, you can move, you can go through a family change and go like the depression follows like the like the rain after something. Like it's just gonna happen. <laughs> so I don't wanna attribute that to my lack of spirituality. It's not fair. And there's right. a whole lot of people, we're just wired differently. I'm an INTP for instance on Myers Briggs. We're we're different. Um, we're more thinkers, more internal thinkers, processors, like uh, don't tell me we're less spiritual because we're not out there. Right. It's not fair. So, I really wanted to release everybody who's as much as I can in my little world, like to tell people I have some good news. There's a reason we feel this way. We're actually not in heaven yet. And so, if you're not overwhelmed with spiritual ecstasy every day, maybe that's okay. Um, the wedding feast is coming. Right now, we're in this weird engagement period where we're betrothed to Jesus but we're not there yet. So there's this separation where we're together but not yet. And I, w- I want people to know that's that's the space we inhabit. So if we feel that way sometimes, like we want more and we're yearning for more, it's okay.
1: Yeah, that's great. And what is, what has kind of in an overall statement, what has have you seen as a response to these two books?
0: Um, really positive uh i'm honestly relieved by that because i don't have the confidence and i think a lot of people have where they just say something and it's like there you go there's the truth like i, I don't <laughs> yeah i'm kind of like here's what i think here you go what do you guys think and so when it comes back like this was incredibly helpful to me or i've read this five times because i think this is the most f- i've had people say that like, this is the most formative book I've read, in a, or maybe ever, besides the Bible. Like, wow. Um, That's humbling.
1: Well, it's really, it's really
0: humbling. It's shocking. And it's, it's yeah. an answer to prayer. And again, I still feel that way. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it's more of a communal, like, here's something to think about. So, whenever you do something and it's vulnerable and you don't know if it's good or not, and someone says something like that, it's not everybody by any stretch, but it's like, even if it's one person, you feel like, thank you, somebody got it. Like, I put my my heart out there and I didn't get beaten with a baseball bat like somebody like thank you. That's that is really neat. So the reaction has been really good. Um and I'm very thankful for that.
1: Well it's a great small group study, you know, I, I think Since you wrote it.
0: <laughs> it's true. I, and I'm gonna have you write the next well, one if you
1: oh, want. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Uh but I yeah, we I wrote the questions that go along with it but anyway you can get them free on com. yeah for both the books for both the books and uh i i think what's great about it is when it comes to a small group study is that it's very it's a very easy read i mean it's not like it's difficult to read i sat down and could read it really pretty fairly quickly and also at the same time it's it's very applicable i mean to everyday life it's not something that like you have to theorize about necessarily.
0: Now you said you did one on unoffendable, So is that what you're talking about?
1: Yeah, we did the one on unoffendable. Yeah, yeah, totally. I but there, there's both. We have you have the questions posted for both of those, but also just ordering the books. You can get them on Amazon or anywhere.
0: Yeah, everybody struggles with this stuff. Uh, the anger thing, especially, it's universal, and it's really helpful. Uh, Dallas Willard said, like, this is American Christians' biggest issue, and it's because no one talks them out of it, their anger. Wow. Yeah. No one addresses this, that, wait a second, your anger, you think you have something on somebody else. You've, you've got to learn as a believer you have to get rid of that. It's so consistent in the Bible. So, yeah, everybody relates to it, and it's an issue for everybody almost on a daily basis.
1: Well, thank you very much for quoting Dallas Willard <laughs> because Tyler Sturkey
0: on our staff
1: will, will really appreciate that.
0: Good. Well, I, I like him a lot. I like Dallas Willard a lot. Of course, he's the late Dallas Willard, but I wish I could have him. <laughs> Super nice.
1: Well, his, his writings will impact people for a long time.
0: Definitely. Check out the second part of the interview with Grant Hansen in our next installment. Grant and Darren explore loneliness in our culture and what it means to be the church.